But if I just started the podcast like that, Lamborghini Mercy. (laughs) People would be very confused. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pages Unknown, the podcast dedicated to all things bookish and nerdy. My name is Zachariah, and I'll be joined, as always, by my fabulous co-host, Michaela. Say hi, Michaela. Hi, Michaela. Is it illegal to have two bits in the first 15 seconds of the podcast? (laughs) I think we've got two bits going on right now. I I feel like I want to say talk, Valentina. Ally. As a reminder, new episode. It's so nice to be back and say, I'm leaving all this in. I don't care. It's so nice to see you. Like, it's been a long time, honestly, since we made the last episode. Been a long time coming, but Boy, me. That's my home. Anyway, <clears throat> we're going to get copyright struck if we go on. She'll sue. So let's. St- She's litigious as fuck. Oop, oop. <clears throat> As a reminder, new episodes of Pages Unknown air every week. Please follow us on Apple, Spotify, and TikTok to get notified for new episodes. And if you like what you hear today, please give a quick rating to the podcast. Thank you all so much. Happy Pride Month, y'all. June is here, and we are celebrating all the things that make this community so special through books. We are so pumped for all the books that we've selected for this month, so please make sure you're following us on socials so you don't miss a minute. Speaking of things you don't want to miss, my incredible co-host, Zachariah, has started an awesome series on TikTok called Off the Shelf, Into the Closet, where every day he and some guests on our TikTok page highlight different banned queer books there are a lot of them because of course Mm -hmm. there are Mm -hmm. with book bans sweeping the country with new legislation that is targeting lgbtq plus folks it is so important now more than ever to fill your shelves with the voices that many politicians want to silence you know, I could not have said it better myself. And it's not just politicians. There are some very uh, mean-spirited people who are using uh, their beliefs and religion to shut everybody else down. And we're not playing that game this month. So you know what I call those people? I call oh, those people. What do you call them? I call them losers. <laughs> oh, yeah, losers. <laughs> losers. Book bands are for losers. <laughs> they're losers and they're not fun at all. They're homophobic. They are racist. They are classist. They're everything that you could possibly put with an ism or an ist at the end. They are that. <laughs> Today we are reviewing This Gilded Abyss, new book by friend of the pod, Rebecca Thorne. (laughs) You may remember Rebecca as the author of Can't Spell Treason Without Tea, a cozy fantasy. This book, This Gilded Abyss, it is not a cozy book. It is a lot of, it's action packed. Uh, It's sci-fi fantasy. It's still in that world, but it's not cozy. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that right now. This is a pivot. This is a hard pivot. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. The best way to describe this book is like a cross between... This is a lot of things I'm going to be comparing it to. Give me. It's like Bioshock, The Last of Us, Alien, Titanic. Like It's all of those things, but in a world that's kind of art deco it's kind of art deco styled in some way, but it's also sapphic. And I believe that there's a couple of mentions of they, them pronouns, very casual, which we love. We love when we have side character rep happening in the background. This book is being released on the 7th and we were lucky enough to get an advanced reader copy. Today's the 6th that we're recording this. Rebecca was very kind to give us an advanced reader copy of it. So we wanted to make sure we made this episode. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So we're going to get into a little bit more of the the plot, but I wanted to give you the vibes for it before we got too far into this. Love that. We're all about the vibes. Um, I do want to say this book actually comes out on the 6th. 
comes out today. Oh, this book comes out today. Well, fantastic. Look, this is good timing either way. I keep thinking it came out on the 7th. Sorry, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> friend of the pod. Ex-friend friend of the of pod. pod. <laughs> Ex-friend of the pod. Jeez oh, Louise. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to read the description from Goodreads. It's just what I do often on the podcast as well as on the series we're doing with the band Queer Books. Sergeant Nix Marr is a damn good soldier. She's also desperate to leave her haunted past deep in the bioluminescent ocean, buried alongside her best friend, Quain. So when subarch Cassandra, Valkesh's favorite royal, and Nix's loathed ex, requests Nick's help investigating a massacre in the abyssal city of Fall, Nix refuses vehemently. She should have known Cassandra would fight back. So now... These two are going on a mission to the bottom of the ocean in this ridiculously, insanely large ship that is being pulled down on these two rods, Mm -hmm. okay? Imagine on the surface, you have this high-spired city, Mm -hmm. and then right below it, you have the ocean. And inside of the ocean, they thought, well, if we can't build up anymore, let's build down. So they went to the bottom of the ocean. But the problem here is that the bottom of the ocean has a lot of as we all can kind of understand a lot of problems when you try to go to somewhere where like you're not naturally supposed to be able to go to but also there's a substance down here called Icaron. Icaron is mined and is used to enhance people's abilities or different organs or their eye all of that is happening well somebody's murdered on the ship and then all hell breaks loose This Icaron is actively part of the problem, and we can't quite figure out why it's the problem. That's what you're walking into on this book. A lot is happening, and I know that what I just described feels a little chaotic. I promise it makes much more sense on the Goodreads review than what I'm maybe (laughs) doing at credit right now. I think you're doing great. Fantastic. So I want to actually just start right in, Michaela. We both just read this book. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your initial thoughts feelings. Happy to share. After finishing this book, I think that I can confirm that I did actually prefer this one to Can't Spell Treason Without Tea and Pirate's Life for Tea. I do love a cozy book. Listeners of the pod Mm -hmm. know this. I do love a cozy book, Mm -hmm. but I also love heavy plots and sort of twists and turns and like thriller-esque horror books. And this is that. Mm -hmm. This is like a horror, sci-fi, spooky-ooky time. Yeah, it's a little spooky-ooky. Yeah. And the characters felt a little bit more fleshed out because of it. There's there's this Mm. sort of relationship between a fleshed out plot and a heavier plot and heavier characters. And so when you have a cozy book, the stakes are low and also Mm -hmm. the characters aren't as fleshed out. And I just feel like it's because the world that they're interacting with isn't as fleshed out because cozy books typically don't have as much of a plot. This book has a heavy plot with a lot of world building. And so the characters, by Mm -hmm. nature of that plot, are very fleshed out. They are sort of real Mm -hmm. existing people. And that made it a little bit more fun for me. This is not a pushback at all. I think maybe world building is softer in cozy fantasy because we're trying to avoid going into some of the past, right? Like we've seen in Legends and Lattes and Can't Spell Treason, the people that we're focusing on have bad pasts. And so we're like avoiding the super, super in-depth analysis of their background if Mm. we can. So maybe it's like a softer world building. I think I prefer cozy fantasy because sometimes I just don't want to have to freak out about drowning under the goddamn ocean. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But uh, (laughs) 
This book has violence in it and a lot of bloodshed. A lot of violence. Actually, it's funny when you were describing the submarine that they're kind of going down into, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. I was picturing the boat from Atlantis, the animated movie. And I was yes. like, it's like got all the windows and the portholes and, and a ton, a ton of floors. There's like 14 mm-hmm. or 15, even it might even be like 18 floors to yeah. this submersive vehicle. It, it's kind of kooky. I will say because it's like a re- relatively short book, it's 370 pages, mm. some, something like that. But there's a lot going on. So it can feel kind yes. of rushed. And so some of those descriptions, I felt like I could have taken like another 10 pages of just world description so I can understand a little sure. bit more the visuals of where we are. Something else that I thought of when I was reading Mm -hmm. this, and I will always think of this when I see the word bioluminescent, there is a One Direction (laughs) fan fiction that is called Bioluminescent Vampire Squid, Uh and it is about some members of One Direction falling in love, and they like go into a submarine and they go underwater to like look at this vampire squid, which is a real creature, Uh and one of them's like a comic artist. I won't get too into it, but every time I see the word bioluminescent, it like triggers me. Oh my God. <laughs> I like immediately blush and get embarrassed. <laughs> That's so funny. Sorry. I'm like fully distracted. Every time I think about a fan fiction name, Sorry. I'm just, I can only go back to no, 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 no. Do not apologize. We love fan fiction. We just did an episode with Berkeley. I mean, you so know, true. we're all about it. That's such a good episode too. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should, you should, you should finish this one and then go listen to the Berkeley one. It's so funny because that wasn't even a plug. I was just like trying plug, to reassure plug, you. Plug, plug, <laughs> I feel like you're talking about the pacing being fast, like we're moving, like Mm -hmm. this is all going. I always say this every time a book makes me feel like, oh, I'm moving so fast. They are about to die. They're in this thing. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? 90% of the time in this book, they are on the verge of death. They're on the verge of death 90% of the time. From various causes. And that's not even a spoiler. Rebecca Thorne has been like, things are happening in this book. (laughs) I said this to you off the pod and I'll say it to you on the pod. Mm -hmm. I needed this to be like 300 pages longer. Mm. I needed it to stretch out a little bit because I felt like the breakneck pace of it, I was losing sight of some of the more important plot points and things that Mm. I did enjoy. I still enjoyed it. Please don't get me wrong. But I would have enjoyed it more if I spent more time in the world. You know, I was looking for a little bit Mm -hmm. more world building, a little bit more intricate details about the religions and the gods and basically how the world is built up. I wanted it to be high fantasy, in other words. (laughs) I kind of like that it's a cross between sci-fi and fantasy because at some point in the book, it switches. You realize that we are doing both things at one time, Mm -hmm. which is fun and nice and I like I I do wish it had been like a hundred more pages but Rebecca we're not trying to give you homework here okay we like the book and we know that you know a good writer wants you leaving more so that they yes. can you know the second book right we like, always say we always say it's a compliment when we ask for more it means that we enjoyed it enough that we want to spend more time with it it's a compliment and also just for the next one maybe just keep it in mind give me like 500 pages <laughs> Give us all of it, Rebecca. <laughs> Give me all the parts at once. I need part one, two, and three. If there, I don't know if there's going to be three. I don't. I'm I don't not trying either. to give Rebecca work here. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> Something else I wanted to bring up 
which this has been a trend, I guess, in fantasy books. And I've been uh. thinking about it for a long time. And I'm not going to do the work, but I would love for someone else to do the work here. Can we conduct a study that is all about why people in fantasy books are always mining? What is going on? Why are we doing this? It's in Sanderson. It's in Mass. It's in Rebecca Thorne's book. It's in <laughs> it's there's another book series that I can't remember that is like Salt of the Sea or something like that. It's sure. in there too. Why are we always mining? Lord of the Rings. Why are we why are we in and the it's Moria? Always, get out of there. It's literally a Moria, get out of there. We're off the rails. Why are we always digging? And I have a theory. So I will share my theory with okay. anyone who's going to conduct this survey for me. My Oh, and and in um what we read with Emma. The Stars Undying. Thank you, Lord. There was mining in that too. And it's always a negative thing where it's like you're sent to a camp. It's a horrible place. Usually it's like a prison situation going on. Yep. Usually there's branding involved. I have a theory. My theory for this is that because so many of these fantasy books have natural-based magic systems. So the tether that they use is usually a naturally created mineral of some sort. So yes, in sure. Way of Kings, it's gemstones. In this book, it's Icaron. In mm -hmm. Salt of Sea, Stars of Sea, something like that. Sure. It was seashells and like pearls. Okay. So it's always a naturally occurring item that exists in our world that tethers the magic system together. And I guess that would be my assumption as to why, but it's always mining and it's always dangerous. <laughs> To kind of put things in perspective, there's a war actively happening. So a lot of these people have had military service. And the mining that you're talking about, they can like choose to go down and get this Icaron and they'll get paid really well. I like that, at least in this world, they're getting paid for, you know, well for doing some insane shit. I'm trying to think. I think in Way of Kings, they're looking for gemstones. The gemstones can be used as the sort of conduit for magic i think that's what it is and then in the other series it's metals different types of metals so like copper alloys and tin and then the 11th metal if you know you know so many of these books revolve around mining and i just don't understand it <laughs> i feel like we need to have a discussion about mining practices and i think in the moss book it's like a slave thing it's not great but the, oh, and there's another one too. There was another thing that was mining for resources as well. Can we look into this? Can we get someone on this? In Christopher Paolini's book too, uh, To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. I could think of literally numerous ones. So fantasy and sci-fi people, why are we mining so much? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I also will say something about this book. Zachariah and I talk a lot about fantasy and sci-fi novels, how sometimes naming the characters can kind of take you out of the story a little bit. Our characters, just in case you're curious, which I'm sure you are, are Sergeant Nick Smar, Subark, Cassandra Marie, Vendemir, Biltine the Third. <laughs> Brutal. We have Leon, we have Hallie, Haley, some pretty normal names. I appreciated the fact that these were different enough to not take me out of the story while still maintaining a level of sort of fantastical, like Cassandra's name is spelled with a K and an E. It's a little bit different. Nick's, obviously, N-I-X, a little bit different. Leon's, normal. Hallie's, normal. There's a balance of normal names and fantastical names so that it didn't feel so weird 
reading the fantastical names. I'm back. What happened? I've been talking. (laughs) We just had a minute. You know, it's just me and the listeners. I was just saying how... (laughs) Zach had to go away from the camera for a minute because we lost something. (laughs) Uh, I was just saying how... You know, we talk a lot about names on the podcast and how sometimes there are mm-hmm. just bad names that just take us completely out of the story because they're so silly. And this, sure. I felt like, had a good balance between sort of, quote unquote, fantastical names like Nix and Subark, you know, titles and normal names like Leon and Hallie. When people are starting to read this book, they're going to see a bunch of these kind of names and like Subark, Tertiark. Those are like these titles that refer to how far away you are from like the reigning monarch. And her name is Kessandra. And I've never seen that. K-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-A. Mm-hmm. That is one of the royal people that you're talking about. Yeah, totally. But you're right. There is like a good mix. I did expect more. So did I fantastical kind of names because but I, I should not have expected that this is not Rebecca's cozy work this is Rebecca's you know a little bit harder so and firmer work it's a funny bridge to cross as an author I'm assuming it's definitely a funny bridge to cross as a reader mm-hmm. when you're expecting cozy fantasy from one author and then they pivot really hard and they're like no horror in the deep deep abyss and you're like what and this isn't a spoiler there's this legendary creature that yeah. Nyx is afraid of that she experienced when she had done a couple dives in her early life. Dives down in the the mines, by the way. That's that's what we're talking about. I could not keep a straight face. Every time I read The Crypt Keeper, <laughs> I just pictured <laughs> that scene in Freaky Friday. When she's like, yes, oh God, I look like the Crypt Keeper. Crypt Keeper. <laughs> I always think of fun sucker. Like I always think of <laughs> humor hoover. <laughs> not the humor. We got to move on from that. Help us all. So that that did make me laugh. That's the one name that I was like, ah, you lost me. <laughs> what? The subart Cassandra? No, Crypt Keeper. Oh, the, sorry. The Crypt Keeper. Yes, yes, yes. Every time I try to think about this like Crypt Keeper creature, all I can think of is this one specific Pokemon that has like rubies for its eyes. Ooh. And it's like, I... Oh, ruby-eyed Pokemon. I can't remember what it's called. I'm going to hate myself the second I see it. Save a lie. If you were to Google that, Michaela, this is what I thought that she was describing sometimes. (laughs) So that's very funny because I think I had a very different experience. (laughs) Yes. So you were envisioning a Pokemon. I kept picturing... not a Pokemon per se, but... (laughs) That was the vibe, though. A little bit of the vibe, yeah. (laughs) I kept envisioning the hash-slinging slasher from Spongebob. Goodbye. (laughs) Wait, can I just show you this picture? (laughs) We were on totally, completely different. (laughs) (laughs) For our listeners, I'm showing a picture. If you Google on your phone right now, unless you're driving... Hash slinging slasher. It will show you the black picture where he's the out, he's outlined and he's got red yes. eyes and he's got a spatula for hand. <laughs> That's all I can picture. <laughs> Good lord! I love how off the rails this episode. I really do. Like I. Am- this I just have to say, good. I really do. it's fun to talk about. I, I really do. I really just do. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wait, have we introduced all of the characters yet? I feel like we're like 20 minutes into this and we haven't done that. Yeah, you know, this is the funny thing though. I kind of almost don't want to introduce the characters. We've talked about Nix Mara, the sergeant. We've talked about the princess uh, royal Cassandra. We've talked about Leon, who's an ensign underneath 
Sergeant Nix, and he plays a sort of semi-crucial role. Mm-hmm. Then we have Hallie, who's a medical bay professional who's been taking care of Cassandra for a really long time. There are a couple other characters. Yes. You know, but it's more important to me that you sort of learn their names organically and kind of read through and get introduced mm-hmm. to them because the order that they are introduced, I feel like, is a choice. And I feel like it's an important choice. Oh, interesting. So I would I hadn't just thought about that. Yeah. So like we've given a I think a brief introduction to the people. You know the names that we're saying. We've said the same name like four names. But really the ultimate goal from this is to get you to read the book. And if we true, give everything away, true. then you won't have to read the book. So we're not going to do that to Rebecca. Go read this book. <laughs> Zechariah, we've said that this book is very fast-paced. It's sort of all over the place. Mm-hmm. I want you sure. to do the impossible for a Libra. I want you to condense this book into one sentence. I cannot believe you've put me on the spot in multiple ways right here. Number one, calling me out as a Libra. And number two, how dare you make me summarize a book in a sentence. Okay, fine. Lesbian ex-lovers in a sci-fi world board the futuristic Titanic and they have to go to the ocean floor to solve the murder. (laughs) That was a run-on sentence if I've ever heard one. (laughs) You better get off my ass right now. But that's kind of what it is. These two people are exes. They they both have military backgrounds. Mm-hmm. They get on a Titanic S thing and they go to the ocean floor. Along the way, somebody gets killed. They got to figure out what's going on. It's like some political intrigue mixed throughout here. It's like just lightly touched on, just a yeah. little bit. It's just fun. It'll probably come more in like in the second book. I feel like we'll probably get more of them on land. You know, <laughs> this was sort of them at sea. Well. <laughs> If they make it to land, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Spoilers. All I'm going to tell you is book two is going to um, not come soon enough. I will tell Mm. that to many people. It does end on a cliffhanger. Yeah, it ends on a cliffhanger for sure. But I think probably in the second book, we'll get a little bit more of the political Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm I'm hoping at least because I think Mm -hmm. that having more knowledge of how the government works in this world will highlight the reason why certain events are taking place and will sort of illuminate if you will some questions that i have post book one not illuminate bioluminescent it's all just like flowing together we've talked what this book is to death here the vibes we've mentioned at the beginning of this i was viscerally i'm always viscerally uncomfortable when you start talking about being drowned or submerged underwater Mm. or anything like that I saw Titanic in the theater with my grandmother and that movie don't ask don't even ask <laughs> no Celine Dion shall we go for it shall we go for it <laughs> to you Renee <laughs> I love her so fucking much for real I get so uncomfortable and mm-hmm. it makes my chest tight there's a couple of books I've read where people are like going under the water with a dive the full gear yeah but they don't have enough oxygen to do the whole thing. And they have to push themselves harder to get mm. to like the opening of the the water. And the whole time I'm like, I would be dead. I would, I could not, I couldn't do it. I'd be dead. Not me. I absolutely love it. You know, I just love hearing about crushing darkness surrounding you with no way out. <laughs> Sounds like my ideal of a good time. I'm kidding. I'm being sarcastic. Of course, the whole, all the descriptions of but, being sure. deeply underwater were very uncomfortable. <laughs> Because your monkey brain is like, oh, no. (laughs) 
It did freak me out, though. And I've said that three times now. It did freak me out. But I loved the descriptions of the outfits and just like how everything is just so huge. And rose gold. Everything is rose gold. Yeah. It's very 2013. Very. It's not. We're not saying anything bad about that, Rebecca, just to be clear. There's nothing wrong with rose gold. But what we're saying is it is. it was very popular <laughs> at that one, that one point in time. I love how so much of this is being like, I'm not shading you. I was on the rose gold train just like everybody else was. I still like rose gold. I have all my stainless steel straws are rose gold and I won't hear. A f- Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Not the stainless steel straws. Happy Pride, hey. everyone. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Mark that as a clip. <laughs> so this is sapphic and you know this, I know this, a lot of Achillean, basically male loving male relationships get TV adaptations, book deals, all that kind of stuff. A lot of sapphic books do not get that same level of attention. So true. And uh, I really wish that people would start like paying attention to it. I don't want to call it its own genre, but like at this point, I'm like, we need to promote it as like the hot thing to get everybody on the train. Like, Come on, lesbians. Like, we need- <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like Billy Eichner screaming, let's, let's go, go lesbians. lesbians. <laughs> My favorite thing is when someone edited the let's go lesbians thing over um, the scene in <laughs> Avengers. What was it? I think it was Civil War where Chris Evans is in his Captain America suit and they're all running towards the plane. It's like, let's go lesbians. <laughs> I got a quick clapping, like flailing my happy pride. Everybody pride. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I think this book is done extremely well. I think that the romance between Nyx and Cassandra is done well. This is almost a second chance romance, but I don't truly think it is. Yeah. I it's giving more enemies to lovers vibes. Frenemies to lovers, really. No, that's the thing. So you can stop me when this becomes a spoiler, but um basically Nyx hates Cassandra at the beginning because there was yep. a, a betrayal between the two of them that led to the end of their relationship. And it's something that Nyx has never recovered from. And it is a really strong trigger for her PTSD. Yeah. I will say, and this is not a criticism, Mm -hmm. I felt like that fell off a little bit. A person who's Hmm. suffering from like that type of traumatic mental hurt and mental anguish and mental load is not going to recover in 300 pages just because certain aspects of the event that caused the trauma are different than what they thought. Mm. She has spent years hating this person. And while I think It's amazing that they're working on the relationship and there's clearly things going on. I think I would have enjoyed a little bit more buildup, a little bit more like anger and a little bit more conversation. I think the last point I kind of want to make about their relationship is Rebecca Thorne is a known enjoyer of hurt comfort trope. Yes. Great point. She is a known enjoyer of that. I have a feeling that people on TikTok are going to really enjoy this book. I think it's what a lot of people are looking for right now. Just a little bit of, again, not cozy, but a distraction. It's 300 some odd pages. It's got a little bit of spice to it. It's got a little bit of the hurt comfort thing, enemies to lovers. It's sci-fi. It's got some stuff going on to it. 
I think that TikTok will really like this. And I think that that has kind of become its own genre of like books that people on TikTok would yeah. like. And uh, it's weird to think about fun. that being its own genre, but um, it is. Well, and I don't mean that in the uh, I don't mean it in the blood and ash way of something being a TikTok book. I mean uh-huh. it in the way of people who are really looking to support indie authors and trying very hard to diversify the books that they have on their bookshelves and the voices that they're amplifying, particularly during Pride Month. I think Mm -hmm. that this is a great option and I think that people will enjoy it. I agree with you 100%. I think people should check this book out. It is out now. I had the date wrong. It is actively out now. By the time you're hearing this podcast, the book is available and you can find that literally Anywhere you get your books. Yes. <laughs> and correct. the paperback is also out. So you can also order that separately. The so paperback. It's an and paperback. The paperback. The paperback. We're going to have to do a whole episode just talking about the difference between book talk books and books that go viral on Bookstagram. We're going to have to do like a whole yeah, that is thing a, about it. There's a, a wealth of jokes. The divide. <laughs> well, also the divide. Oh, I always think it's like the easiest way to tell if someone's a lifelong reader or has just started. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Please don't misconstrue my words. I'm not saying that there's an inherent, you know, that people who have been reading their whole lives are better. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you can tell. (laughs) You can tell. And the quickest way to tell is by the TikTok books that people pick up. All right, Michaela, do you have any last thoughts for us before we sign off? I think this book was an easy read. It's a quick read. If you're looking for something in mm-hmm. the summer, I mean, it's a little bloody for what I would call a beach read, but it'll keep you entertained for sure. So I would say go and pick it up and see for yourself. It's a great book, I think, to read when it's like raining out. It's giving you that kind of dark atmosphere. So mm. thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of Pages Unknown. As a reminder, two things here. Uh, we do have new episodes out every week, whether that be Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. We're going to make sure we're posting one of those days. We cannot commit to any of those things at the moment. And the reason being, summer is extremely busy. I'm planning a wedding. Michaela's traveling. It's a lot. But we're going to make sure that episodes are coming out. Uh, That's number one. Secondarily, uh, we do now have a bookshop.org little shop, a Pages Unknown shop. So if you like any of the books from the podcast or in our Band Queer book series, you can find all those in the description on this episode, as well as on our TikTok and all that kind of stuff. So that's all there. I'm not going to keep pushing that all the time. I'm just letting you know that it is there and that it exists. There's no pressure to buy. We love bookshop.org. Thank you so much. We're going to talk to y'all next week with another queer book. I'm not going to say what it is right now, but I'll announce it on Monday. (laughs) Signing off. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Not signing off. Goodbye. (laughs) 